When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. What could be more important this weekend? What could possibly be more important than making money easier to deal with and then ending up with more of it when you get into retirement or keeping more of it once you're in retirement or keeping people's grubby hands off of it and they're always out there trying to get hold of it? What could be more important? Is there something you're doing right now that is actually more important than that? Come on. Be honest. Nah. So you need to give us a call as we talk about money for the better part of this hour on Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald. I'm in Florida. That's where I live. Tom Cock, well, he's in the Seattle area, loosely. Oh, I'm in the Seattle area. area. Well, you know, if you if you figure anything within like a you know, 150-mile radius and... <laughs> Okay. Seattle area. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, Canada's in the Seattle area. No, that's a good point. So Pacific Ocean is in the Seattle in the area. Seattle area. We don't make him go there. A little cold. Eight. Even this time of year, it's a little chilly, isn't it? Oh, very. Yeah, it's very not like cold. here. You go. You go to the no, ocean no, no. here. It's like no, no, no. Oh, wow. Geez, I think no, I gotta no. put a little cold water in the tub. No, no, it's cold. The water's cold. So call us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. What? Go ahead. I have a question for you. Did you sell all of your stocks on January 3rd when the S&P 500 was at its peak and then buy back in on June 16th when it was at the low? Of course I did. And then I'm, I'm as smart as that guy who bought the the 36 percent crypto uh, CDs or whatever. APY, yeah, that's yeah. Good, good I, no, I, um, of course I did. What? Okay, I didn't know. Do you I doubt my brilliance as a market timer? Okay, I'm lying. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I didn't do a yeah. darn thing. As a matter of fact, um, I just recently sold some, but that was for a tax loss. Well, recently. So you're not you're not a market timer. You're not prescient. You don't see the future any brighter than anyone else. No, but I used to play one on the radio. I did. That's true. Until I learned you can't do that, then I stopped. And I find it fascinating that so many people now, they didn't even up to ten years ago. The financial writers were write pieces like Jeff Summer wrote in the uh, New York Times, and the headline says it all: to make money in the stock market, do nothing. Yeah, because nobody timed that out right. Uh, the reality is, you got to know what your risk tolerance. You got to know how long till you need the money. Got to know how much you're trying to make on the money, and then you just tune everything out. Yeah, you got money set aside, as Jeff points out, for your bills because you got to pay your bills, right? You shouldn't have that all in stocks. But otherwise, he says, follow my lead, and you can disregard the market's short-term vagaries. Good word. Well, and 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 the here's the real issue with market timing that people do not get. Market timing is not just going, I'm going to get out because I can feel when the market is going down. That's not the way it works. Because let's say you can feel it and you get out and it just happens that, wow, look at you. You got out within a couple of weeks of the top. Good job. You are now going to think what? 
I'm smart. When am I going to get back in? Oh, no, oh, you're I smarter than the over, market. Over and you're going to say to yourself, gonna be high. Yeah. you're going to say to yourself, well, I knew when it was going to go down. I'll know when it's going to go back up. The problem and is you, will you, not. you have to not. They say you got to be right one time to, 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 to get out of the market at the right time. To get in again, you have to be right now two times. But then, wait, it's going to go down again at some point, so now you have to be right three times. Which it's Then done. you have to be right four Which times. Then you have to be yeah. right five times. Do you really believe that's going to happen? What we see most of the time is people get out after the market has gone down. Mm-hmm. They get in after, guess what? The market's gone up. <laughs> and then they say, this thing is really, a, why do I, this is uh, going to drive me nuts. The I can't stand it anymore index. That's and there are so saying. many studies, so many studies that have been done on this that find, that show unequivocally, unequivocally that people just because of their tendency to get out just after a market has gone down and get in well after a market has gone up that because of that on average the average investor who moves in and out of the market generally makes between 60 and 50 and 60 percent of the market of just buying and holding so instead of making yeah, instead of making, you know, what the, the 10%, assumed 10%, which most people don't make 10 at any rate, you make about five. Right. Uh, because those timing decisions are wrong. And again, as you point out, Don, not only you have to figure out when to get out, getting back in. And by the way, what the article does also point out is since that big rally this summer, the market has gone down again. So did you get out again? I mean, did you That's move out what, after That was my point. You up? had to get out. Then you had to get back in yep. before the rally. Then you had to get out again really, really, really quickly. And, and then now you're you've got to wait and get back in again. This is like four times in a year you're going to have to do this. A lot of work. Be right work, every yeah. one of those times. And it's a lot of work that there is no, there's nothing you can use to improve your odds. There's no information that's going to help you. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, you see, my suggestion that there's nothing more important than money apparently resonated with several of you. And you suddenly decided, the heck with that vacation. I'm going to call Tom and Don at Talking Real Money at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, just like Brian did. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey. Hi, Don. Don and Don. Hey, I just want to make a comment about the lady that called in about Vanguard. Or not called in, but the recording. I I agree with her 100% on the new uh, website. I had trouble, so I called up Vanguard. And uh, I was able to help or get help that I needed. I was having trouble with the Roth. No, excuse me. I was having trouble with the RMD, uh, and you know, making the transfer over to pay it so I'd be okay for the taxes. And this young gentleman did a great job, uh, very good. And I've had Vanguard since I retired ten years ago. Prior to that, I had accounts at the same time at TD Ameritrade, Schwab, and Fidelity. And I transferred them all to Vanguard, and I've been very happy with Vanguard. So that is good wanna, to hear. That is really good to hear. Yeah, we and, and we're gonna and we're gonna hear the worst of it. 
You know, we, oh, yeah. we really, we, we really are yeah. because we're right hanging out here. We're low hanging fruit. You can knock us over easily. Yeah, but no, I do agree yeah, no, on the we, website. We think Vanguard. And again, yeah, you know, I'm 79 years old, and I'm, Good. <laughs> I'm, I use an iPad, and maybe if I was using a, a PC with their website, I would do do a little bit better. But anyhow, I have a second question, <laughs> and uh, with uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Everything yeah. else going down. Um, I'm starting to convert some of my IRA brokerage, brokerage into my Roth IRA. Is there any limit on that? I know I have to pay taxes on that, but other than that, is is there a lot that says you you're can converting? Convert so much? You're converting your individual retirement account to your Roth account. Yeah, uh, you say yeah, brokerage yeah. that starts because that's fuzzies things. But up it's a in bit. a brokerage, brokerage technically account. is a taxable. Yeah, you're moving money from pre-tax to post-tax. No, there's no limit there. You're just going to pay yeah. the tax on it. Oh, okay. Yep. That's yeah. great. I mean, here's the thing, though, and, and no offense, because 79 is the new 59. I would be very careful as to how much of that I did at age 79 because you're, you're, you're paying taxes that you may, well, never have to pay in some instances. But, again, that's a very personal no, decision. No, he sounds young. He's going to live a long time. He sounds young. He yeah, sounds, sounds young. Great. He's going to live a long time. I've decided. Okay. And, and you know, I'm, I, I, got out of the, I got out of the market at the right time. I got back in. You know, I'm prescient. I'm <laughs> omnipotent. Thanks for the call, Brian. Brian we appreciate you being yeah. there. Thanks so much. 855-935-TALK. Now, Dwayne, you are up. Welcome to the show. Yes. Uh, good afternoon. So hey, you, Dwayne. You, you gentlemen are up there in the same age group I am, kind of. Uh, I'm 82, but you're probably not there yet. <laughs> Tom, Tom's, oh, come Tom, on. Tom's just 80, Tom's just 81. He's just, he's way behind you. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you, how's your memory back about, uh, all around 2004 or something like that? Metropolitan Mortgage out of Spokane? Uh, yeah, I know, know the story very well, actually. Yeah. Sandifer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yep, I rode I rode that uh, sled downhill. Uh, you know, of course, it gets started quick, and you don't you, you off. So I rode it to the bottom. Over oh, the years gosh. after that, I got little payments now and then. Uh, yeah, I think in the end, I probably ended up with about thirty percent back. Which uh, yeah, so this you know, was a, this was a pocket. case where he was he was taking in the money and making in the books were a mess, as I remember, or the son took over. I, I don't remember all the yeah, specifics the other than over. that they did a bankruptcy and it didn't, yeah, it didn't turn out well uh, for the people that had no, been investors uh, in I, for I, Mr. Sandifer's fund. To that. Right. Well, anyway, I ended up with some REITs, uh, and one is the Highland REIT. I don't know whether you know of that or you can find it anyplace. I got uh, about 3,000 yeah. shares in that, and... Right now, they're all worth about, I think, $0.29 cents a piece. We own a, own a lot. Uh, of, no, uh, no, you're, you're not going to like you're not going to like what I tell you. They're worth $0.18 cents each. Okay, well, that was that. I figured it was still sliding downhill. What? what yeah. is the okay, but let's let's jump? go back here. Wait, Wait uh, let's get to this well, question. Okay. Hold on, let's get to the yeah, question. Okay, he says, "What should I do with this junk?" I mean, the reality oh, is, you shouldn't that. be you, after the metropolitan mortgage meltdown. You shouldn't be buying individual securities this way, which Highland sounds like it is. Metropolitan mortgage, you had to rely completely on the faith and credit of metropolitan mortgage, which was a bad thing to rely on. Mm -hmm. Again, and this is why we tell people who are listening, we tell you, Dwayne, the same thing. 
if you own 13,000 securities and one of those turns out to be Metropolitan Mortgage or Washington Mutual or Enron, big deal. If you have it all plied into this one security, that's a bad deal. But your situation, you're in your 80s and you're trying to figure out what to do with it. So the options are, A, either sell it and take whatever loss you have in it, which is probably what I would do because, again, mm-hmm. who knows if it's ever going to go up from 19 cents. I have no idea. Um, or hang on to it and leave it in your estate, and good luck to the next person. Don? I don't – if you want to own real estate, you own real estate through a massively diversified – here's what I would do. I would take any REITs I had right now, any of them, any, 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 sell them all, and then I would put the money – particularly if they're, oh, please tell me they're held in a retirement account of some sort because they should not be held in a regular brokerage account anyway because they're so tax inefficient. And those should I all make be sure moved into clear. the Vanguard REIT index. Okay, what? I want to make sure because when you said if you hold any REITs, people are going to think I hold a REIT no, fund, no, I no. should sell it. No, 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 individual REITs, all individual. of them that are traded yeah. individually on yeah. an exchange of some sort that have a, a four-digit ticker, a three-digit ticker symbol. They trade as an Huge individual risk. stock because the yeah. risks are ridiculously high. Right now, um, Highland is losing. Uh, losing or lost? Well, no, their current quarterly financials, the last quarter they lost $1.5 million. On how much revenue? I'm trying to. Revenue of $7.5 million. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, and they're. they're, they're small. They're, their profit margin <laughs> is negative 21%. Uh, this but is, that's a tiny security. I know it is Seven, a tiny. I, mean, I don't know why anybody owns little. it. It's very small. Market caps, hundred fifty nine million. Yeah, that's tiny. again, that's a pretty small. Too much risk. No more of these. You're you're you shouldn't have done these. But we know that we can't fix the past. If you have them, I get rid of them. Totally get rid of them because. Dwayne, I hope that helps. This is the focused portfolio problem. This is the problem we talk about yep. over and over and over again. And what's interesting is that you you get fooled once, and it's not enough for you. This is what people keep doing. Well, okay, I made one bad investment. Well, or you get promised something. A Metropolitan, I think, was promising a high return oh, really on high these return. notes they gave. They were and out of then Spokane, I'm sure right? Highlands, yep, and then Highland's doing the same thing. Look at this. Was that back when you were there in Spokane? You don't. Did you, did you, you didn't have no. It was. It was after. It was after. After I was you there. left. But they were. Okay. They were in business while they were in business while I was there. So, but I. Had and that's the thing is downfall. that these work really well. And this is my my favorite they thing. Do. They work really well right up until they don't, and you never know when the don't will occur. Eight five five nine three five talk. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Yeah, I just looked up a story on Metropolitan Mortgage out of Spokane, and uh, so far people who lost have gotten back like 160 million dollars and the guy they say the guy who was uh was was named Hansen I don't know but um he he just got sentenced to 48 months in federal prison yeah and again individual security small security relying on them to tell you here's how things look here's the books and it turned out it was all a bunch of lies and uh this is again risk you don't need to take in today's world 
Yeah, they were worth two point three billion. So in like two thousand or something, people only got like one hundred and sixty million. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's at their peak, small. they were worth that yeah. much. Wow. And that's the problem. Well, they said Is they that, were worth that. Yeah, much. they said they were. They're, they're, yeah. People lie. <laughs> it's just that simple. Well, how can I, I get this question or this thing, this response all the time when I say it's it's a bad deal? Well, but how can they say these things? Because Same people all the time. lie. Eight five five nine three five. Talk, Mike. You're next. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Hello. Yeah. Yes, sir. What's up? Uh, well, I've uh, had a long-standing paranoia about uh, Vanguard getting attacked because they were so big and successful. And in the Wall Street Journal on Thursday, there was an article by a guy named Dan Moranoff. And he's yeah. saying the Vanguard, Rock, and State Street are all going to be taken down because they're they're competing with trade and all those sorts of things, collusion and so forth. I wondered what your take was on who was the who was the author? Really, I uh, read the piece. Uh, this was it in the opinion section. Yeah, Tom. No, I don't think so. I don't. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, maybe it was. Okay, I think it was on the back pages. Yeah. Um, and as I read it, and uh, am I concerned? Yeah, this is not the first time this has come up. I mean, there's a lot of concern about how concentrate. In other words, between those three custodians, how much of individual companies they hold, which is a lot. There's no doubt. And yeah. this is something I think it came up in uh, in a book I reviewed on the podcast as well about sort of the concentration of securities by these firms. Is that a risk? You bet it is. The other part is uh, this has become very political because there are people that are saying, well, wait a minute, these guys are determining, you know, how much, how ESG, the ESG overlay, how companies should have to act and they're exerting their power and all that in corporate governance. Oh, yeah, that was that ESG think article. article. That's, that's, yeah. I think it was, yeah, yep, I think yep, it was. Yep. So what do I think the risk is? I think I think there is a risk. Risk of what? I don't think I'd run out and sell the funds. Well, risk of okay. what? Well, you're not going to lose all your money. That's not going to be like Metropolitan. Well, that's what Mortgage. I mean. What's the risk? Yeah. What 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 is the risk to an investor? In The three that they talked about were BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. By the way, in the article, they said they each own each other. That is not true. Nobody no. Well, no, I think you can't nobody own owns Vanguard. any of Vanguard. You can't own No, but you could own the other ones. Right, but they said they all three each trading. own each other, but that's not true. But what's the, the, my question is, what's the risk to an investor like me? I have my money in VT. What's my risk? Mike, what do you think the risk is? Maybe the fees go up because they get slapped with big fines or something like that. But okay, I go somewhere else. At, yeah, not at risk of losing it all. We're not at risk of losing anything, in my opinion. What we're at risk of is, and by the way, even if the government... Um, hit all of them with a fine which they have to have a cause for a fine and the cause is i don't even see it i i, I read the article i forgot i thought it was the esg article what would they yeah. find them for doing for being good business people they yeah. could break them up i guess but if you break them up then they'll just be a bunch of littler companies 
Yeah, I think that's one case. And as I say, I think there's also some politics in all this that says they are exerting control over how companies operate because they're so involved in corporate governance. Right. And if you look, if you look, Mr. Moranoff is a civil rights advocate. Uh, he's that's and, correct. And and the other thing is, is that it's almost like saying that being successful is a bad thing. And you, a part of it, there may be even a little bit of push from the actively managed financial industry because they'd like to see these guys stop doing what they're doing. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. I love our species. We are thinkers. We are always thinking. We are all, and, but, but then again, there's a downside because we're overthinking sometimes. And, uh, there are so many, so many issues that I think we need to look into financially to solve a lot of problems. And we're not going to solve them all. And thankfully, so far, since the, the proliferation of no-load index-type funds, which has really led to this concentration of wealth in these companies. That's yeah. been the driving force that has Absolutely. done that. It has been a very benevolent process. Uh, there really hasn't been a lot of horrible abuse. It's just the um, the imagining of that abuse is what gets the possibility, the possibility of it. And yeah. as I said, the in today's environment, and I don't want, I don't want anybody to call me the political debate. But I can tell you, everything is oversensitized. Everything is overpoliticized. Period. All right. Before I'm we go saying. to the calls, no, I want to. I want to disagree <laughs> with you on that just a smidge. All right. Because we. Okay. T- I. It bothers me when we talk about today's world being so politicized, particularly when someone who knows history as well as you do yeah, says I that. Do. Have there been periods in America's history? Where the environment was more politicized even oh, than yeah, today. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, and I think that, and I think this idea that you know democracy is more at risk today than it ever has been mm-hmm. is a bunch of baloney. I'll say it's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, somebody forgot the 1830s, yeah. the 1850s, well, the 1860s, or the 1960s, 19, 1960s, the 1930s, the 1930s. Yeah, yeah no, people the forget the 1940s. Franklin Roosevelt was inaugurated. They had machine guns on top of buildings there because they were worried people were going to overrun the Capitol. Sound familiar? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, that's so, I, I, anyway. I I hate because I, I hear it all the time from acquaintances. Oh my yeah. God! Politically, this is the worst time this country's ever had. Yeah, go, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying people are very sensitive. You're right. Everybody's you're right. always sensitive politically. We're always sensitive to the things that we perceive are in our best interests true that's the way we are that's the way we're wired we're too smart for our own good 855-935-TALK is the number will you're up next welcome to talking save real us. money save us will hi guys yeah just a caveat from what you were just saying yeah 1932 there was an assassination attempt on fdr the, yeah, the right. uh he survived yeah. obviously but the uh mayor of miami died and 
That's right. That's the right. mayor of Miami said, uh, you know, at least Franklin survived. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for actually yeah, knowing your history. Yeah, that's right. And that was in the period between the time he got elected and the time he was inaugurated. Well, welcome. Wait, we're we're yes. like the last people. I, I worry about the, 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 the those coming up because people don't think history is important. My gosh, it's so important. Anyway, it go, is. go ahead. Perspective. We have been basically in a in a in a public uh, discussion for over a year now. You, you first read my uh, communication um, uh, back on July fifteenth, twenty one, over a year ago. Um, okay. I brought to you um, and in while you were away uh, taking care of your 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 family, Don Tom and I talked on this radio station on. Uh, July 16th, which was seven weeks ago, about the idea I had. And my only hope is that, you know, if if you develop an idea and you think it's good, you share it with other people for the hopes that you can help other people. Uh, you know, you use it yourself because, you know, you believe it's good and, it, and it's fine. Well, what's the, uh, what's the idea? Because I don't remember. Okay, that's fair. Um, and I had sent um, – Tom, do you remember um, – we talked about you looking at the email I sent you back on March 4th um, of this year and uh, uh, also talking with team members there who could look into um, how we can manage RMDs, required minimum distributions. What I explained to uh, uh, Tom and the audience was that there is no required um, minimum distribution if you have a private foundation uh, and you have a private foundation that is sponsoring a 401k plan because you do not own 5% or any portion of it. Uh, and, and then subsequently, I was look, listening as a regular loyal listener on the 22nd. I was thinking, you know, what, what we're talking about could have helped, uh, could help Sam and Ryan, Ryan with his mom, um, back on the uh, 22nd of July, uh, you were talking with them. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, Tom, uh, uh, hang, hang on. Yeah, just a I second. recall the conversation, and I think I went back to the office to try to find out more about this. But this is this is a very deep dive on a program that tries not to get too far into things. And I could not verify that what you said was actually practical. I mean, practical. Pardon me. So you're still looking into it. Yeah, it's it, it, this is something, again, that I think I took to one of our lead advisors, and I don't think I ever got a firm answer on whether or not you could actually do this, what Will is talking about. But it's still in process. We'll keep checking on it. Will, thanks for the call. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. This all comes back to... Uh, 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 Will's call comes back to a topic that Tom and I have discussed together, I think, on the show many times. We do, as, as, as investors, spend an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how to get out of taxes. When we started saving, we agreed to the rules of that game. 
For example, uh, we tried to get out of capital gains, even though when we bought the thing, we said, hey, if it goes up in value, we understand the game. We're going to pay a capital gains tax. Or I got an IRA. Okay, I got I got a tax deduction for that. So I understand the rules are when we get to the end of the game, I'm going to pay the penalty or the, the taxes. And I understand I have to start taking it out before I'm dead. We agree to the rules and then we're always wanting to change the rules. And in addition to that, I would say that investing done properly with the right assets in the right accounts, with the using the proper instruments in those accounts, you can reduce taxes a lot. Can you avoid paying tax if you make money? You know, probably not. And by the way, if you want to debate this further, come and see me tomorrow at the Evergreen State Fair. I will be at the Palm Pay <laughs> Wood Fired Booth. Pizza. This is all true. 11 a.m. tomorrow. And for those of you who come by and say hello, I will give you a Talking Real Money t-shirt. It now, says Talking Real Money in the front. You are going to make his wife very angry because he's doing this. This is all a ruse. This is all this an is effort to get him out of working at the pizza cart oh, so he oh, can go off so. and talk to you guys, which is much <laughs> more see. fun for him. Come and see. Yeah. It'll be fun. Uh, anyway, this is an interesting topic, but I agree with Don. Well, at some level, I'm, I'm okay paying taxes. That's because yeah, I think and, I live in a place and that we we are still looking into it. We found some papers yeah, and things will. that we just – but we just don't want to say anything about something. Because, and the other thing is this is an expensive lawyer. It requires lawyers. To do this right. It requires lawyers. All right, let's go back to those telephones, such as they are. Telephones. Angel, welcome to Talking Real Money. Hello, and thank you for taking my call. I wanted to talk about the rules on the Roth and traditional IRA. I had always understood that with a Roth IRA, in order to have it be tax free when you withdraw the money. The money must be in the Roth for five years. Is that a correct statement? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have found that I like the traditional IRA um, in that I have a 401k with a former employer and I have the ability to transfer that money in the traditional IRA back to that 401k tax without any tax consequence by going institution to institution so that I have, um, I guess, my own little investment company doing uh, their thing with uh, investing well for me. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm understanding. So moving money from an individual retirement account to a 401k. Back into a 401k. Mm-hmm. It depends on the plan, but most plans do accept those sort of transfers. That is correct. Okay. Okay. And then um, you touched briefly on RMDs, the required minimum distribution. I have heard conflicting stories about um, younger you know, it used to be uh, required at age 70 and a half, but I mm-hmm. believe that it has, the rule has changed to age 72, but I've had people telling me it's age 73. Do you know anything about that? It's going up. It's a rise. No, it is still currently it's, age 72. No, no, but what I'm saying, they're talking. Saying we know it's, it's a likelihood. Yeah, it is not at 73 yet. They are talking about raising it. Today, in today's rules, 
It is 72. But Well, they're actually talking about raising it to 75 uh, within six, seven, eight years. Mm, that's, yes. That's still in Congress. It, today's tax law requires you to start removing the money, taking the money out of pre-tax individual retirement accounts, 401ks, at age 72 and paying tax on it. That, based on your life expectancy, out, is likely to change because it was unanimously passed in the House of Representatives. Or nothing, nothing does that. Yeah, correct. So, but in today's rules, uh, Angel, you will have to start taking that money out at seventy-two and paying tax on it. Okay, and it's based on some kind of actuarial table. Yes, ma'am. I don't hear Angel anymore. Yeah, no. It's, you said, is it based oh. on some actuarial table? I have a soft it is, voice, yeah, <laughs> which is very easy to find if you're doing angelic. this on your own. Oh, yeah, and it, it, very, again, if that's something you're going to do on your own, that's all right. And Tom, you're you're starting to no, cut out. And if that's something, Tom, you're 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 digital. No, yeah, it is very angelic. Thank you. I, the, the reality is that if you're going to do that on your own, and and wherever the money's custodianed off, when they will give you the number. Thanks for the call, Angel. We appreciate yeah. it. And uh, Hannah, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Thank you. I'm the, <clears throat> I always listen to this radio every week, so thank you very much for that advice. Thank you. So today I just uh, I just wanted to uh, get your advice and your opinion about a full Fidelity uh, mutual fund. Uh, you know, Fidelity introduced this zero, um, which is a no um, no uh, no fee. fee. Uh, yes, yeah, ma'am. No fee. Yes. But yeah, so I have these four. I don't really know when I try to pick up, select which one, and how do I consider that I want to get your opinion. So these four funds, one is a 500 index fund. I think the equivalent mm-hmm. to that zero was a, is a large cap index fund, and the uh-huh. other is a total market index fund and a zero total market index fund. So if I would... Uh- want to choose and what are your advice and how should I look at it to decide which one most suitable to me? Oh, well, here, I think the zero funds are a gimmick. They are just a gimmick because the difference between the Fidelity Total Market Index Fund, as an example, and the Fidelity Total Market Zero Index Fund is one and a half one hundredths of one percent and it's almost such a small number that it doesn't even count uh the zero is at zero but the total market is at 0.015 that's a non-existent fee for all intents and purposes and the difference between the two portfolios is actually quite large because the Fidelity Total Market Stock Index, which is the one with the tiny little fee, has 4,000 stocks in it. Whereas the Zero Market Index Fund has 3,000 stocks in it. So you're not really getting the whole market. What you're getting is an emulation of the market. And the reason they can charge one one hundredth of a percent less is because they have fewer stocks to manage in the portfolio so it's you you give up something to to pay pennies pennies on thousands of dollars less 
Okay, that's good to know. So, and is that this uh, zero large cap index bond is kind of equivalent to this uh, five hundred ve- index? Very, 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 very close. But let me tell you, um, Hannah, if you're go- looking to go into U.S. equities, we would rather see you go into the total market index than to go into a five hundred index or a large cap index because you're going to get greater diversification, and that has proven over time to do two things. It has proven, one, to give you a little bit better long-term return, and two, actually reduce the volatility a little bit. Thanks for the call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, I want to wish all of you a a happy New Year's weekend, because for me, this is the new year. We really shouldn't celebrate it on January 1st. We should celebrate it on Labor Day, because that's when the year really starts. (laughs) And if you want to really get your life started on the right foot, you want to get your financial life together, you want to... Make the first step in a plan. You want to have somebody look your portfolio over. You've got a little bit more complex question. Please take advantage of this offer we've had forever of free advice. Free advice. No sales pitch, no cost, no annoying people trying to bug you to become a client. Just go to Vestry.com and set up an appointment. Vestry.com. You realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?